hill is burning. It is the only light in the world. There's not much to keep it going. The trees and brush long since died. Deadwood is all that remains. The last remaining evidence of a world filled with light. Deadwood burns fast. The tiny pinprick of light stabs Gry's eyes. But she cannot look away. She'd never known what the world had been like when the sun had burned bright in the sky. Her birth had killed it, the village elders had said. Gry, like many others after her, had been raised in a period of eternal darkness. The sun never rose and the moon never shone. The only light in the world was that which the people could make themselves. Fire! In a world where nothing can grow, and with people incapable of seeing without fire, fuel had started to run out a long time ago. She stares at the hill, as if willing herself to be there among the flames. She tries so hard to keep staring at that hillside out past the village. Gry can almost feel the warmth of the flames on her skin. But then the apothecary speaks, his voice quiet and frail. He's telling her not to worry. It'll be over soon. It will be easy, gentle, like falling asleep. His words trip and tumble over his lips, leaping into the darkness. They glow with a carefully crafted gentleness designed to placate her. Soothe her. Ease her. Gry is silent. Sadness pours through her veins, solidifying in the chill of the night until she becomes an unmoving statuette of sorrow. It ices the valves in her heart closed, freezes the blood in her ventricles, the icy temperature of her grief slides through her like a knife, slicing her neatly into pieces until she is no longer really there. He says it will be easy. They've always told her it will be easy, but how could they know? Their only role is to prepare her. They couldn't know how it would feel. Or how hard it would be. She feels the hands of the villagers working around her, brushing her skin as they finish their preparations. She feels the cold air resting hollowly in her lungs, stinging them. The apothecary daubs a blazing sun in gritty paste over her forehead. There's little warmth left in his hand. The fire on the hillside is dying now, stumbling and stuttering as it runs out of fuel. A tear sears its way down Gry's cheeks. The fire extinguishes, and the darkness fills its place once more. The tears are flowing now, running in rivulets down her cheek but no one can see them. There's not a light in the world. 
someone nearby lights a lantern. The last one the village has. Perhaps the alderman had kept it for this moment. And now they bring it close to her so the old widow can finish braiding her hair, tidying her clothes, making her look presentable. No one looks at her. Not really. They're all looking at their work. The puppet they raised for this moment. Born and raised to die for someone else's life. All they see is a reason for their misfortune. All they see is a way out. Gry looks through them. She stares through them and wills herself not to feel. Not to feel the deep, wine-red betrayal that once bloomed in her chest. She cannot fault them. They are merely victims of circumstance, after all. It was her birth that killed the sun in all her glory. The sun's daughter was never meant to reside here. A being with the heart of a star cannot hope to live untroubled on a planet. And now she must return. Take up her rightful space in the sky. The windows have drawn away now. Standing back outside the lantern's light with the rest of the villagers, the apothecary brings a spoon to Gry's lips. She takes the bitter herb mixture without so much as a word. Hands reach towards her from the darkness, grabbing and gripping her as if she might run. But she won't. She's tired. She has lost all will, even to cry. Instead, she lets them lead her slowly through the darkness. Down, down, down they walk. A silent procession winding its way down into the valley. She feels her heart breaking. It splinters slowly at first, before finally shattering all at once. Then she feels nothing at all. She can no longer feel even the stones beneath her feet, or the hands on her arms. She cannot even feel the breath in her lungs. Underneath the crunch of scree beneath their boots, there's the sound of water tumbling over pebbles. The cortege has reached the stream. It is the same stream on whose banks Gry had been born. It will all end here, in the place it began so long ago. Time is a circle, after all, inescapable and never-ending. They sit Gry down carefully, as if not to damage her. They say nothing to her, just stare solemnly at everything but her face. She's supposed to save them, and yet they can barely stand to look at her. <laughs> they cannot even say goodbye. One by one, family by family, friend by friend, they turn away from her and begin the walk back to the homes at the top of the valley. They tread lightly, doing their best to make as little sound as possible. The elder man is the only one who lingers, but even he does not wonder. 
and he does not speak. You simply lose the lantern by your side, turning and making his way through the darkness by memory alone. Her eyelids feel heavy. She wants to dip her hand into the cold water beside her, but she hasn't got the strength. She barely has the strength to hold herself upright, and she can't feel her hands. Her breathing is loud in her ears, until she can no longer hear anything at all. The son's daughter slumps backwards, no strength left in her body at all. A boulder catches her in its arms, propping her up as best it can. It is the only kindness that has even been provided to her. She sits by the stream, the lantern's light dripping across the water like the dawn should have been. Her thoughts begin to slow. They switch from churning rapids right down to a single drop in the dark. I don't want this. She wants to scream, cry, tear out her hair, but she cannot even feel her body, her thoughts, her life. She wants to beg for help. She wants to ask if this is all she exists for. She would speak if she still had a voice. But there would be no one to answer her. The day is still as dark and quiet as the night. She was born to lay down and die to become the morning sun. In truth, Gry had always been dying. She had been dying the moment she was born. And now she could finally stop dying. The world quietens in her ears as if not to disturb her. The lantern flickers and dies, plunging her into darkness. The same darkness she had spent her whole life in. Briefly, her eyes struggle against the oppressive weight, desperately trying to catch some glimpse of light. But there's none for them to find. She takes a breath and the struggle is over. Her eyes losing the battle once again. They had said it would be like falling asleep. But it isn't. You fall asleep with the expectation of waking once more when dreaming is over. Gry can expect nothing of the sort. She's not falling asleep and thus cannot wake. She looks at the endless sky and she looks and looks. She looks until she cannot see the distant stars or even the velvety blackness of space. The world is deafened by the absence of her breathing. It fills the darkness, booming in the ears of anyone left to hear it. She lies still, and her body is just that. A body. All the world waits, holding its breath. The pebbles cower, shying away from their bystanders' guilt. The broken earth clings to the soles of her boots and the folds of her clothes, as if trying to keep her there. The dead trees seem to sag beneath their heavy burden of sorrow. Even the stream slows, unable to grieve in a way that matters. And at last, the dawn breaks, peeling back the eggshell dark and fracturing it. 
The gentle rays of morning light set Skry's golden eyes alight for the first time in her life. But she is no longer there to see it. She is already far away, moving out of time and space. And as the world grows brighter, the daughter of the dawn returns at last to her mother's embrace. <laughs>